0: Listen, there are not enough hours in the day to have our homes feel completely finished, especially when it comes to organizing. Life is always changing. Other people are involved and you're tired, (laughs) tired. I get it. So in today's episode, I'm going to bring you our best tips from our most popular episodes to date to give you guidance on what to do when you don't have enough time to organize or maintain your home. Hey, I'm Taylor Vogel, owner and lead organizer of Sort Organization Services, and this is Organized You. I'm here to help you tackle the shame, roadblocks, and sticky logistics that prevent you from achieving your organization goals. Get ready to be empowered toward creating spaces and systems that actually serve you. If you've been enjoying this podcast, you can help others learn about it too for free by leaving a rating and writing a review in Apple Podcasts. And it only takes five simple steps. Number one, open the podcast app on your phone. Two, search for Organized You. Three, click on that show icon. Four, scroll down to Ratings and Reviews. And five, click Write a Review. It's in small purple text under the Ratings and Reviews section. When you leave a review, you help others like you get judgment-free organizing support right in their ears as well. Thank you so much for listening and for your support. Now back to the show. We're going to dive right in with our most popular episode from April 25th called, How to Start Organizing When You Feel Overwhelmed. In this episode, we walk through the steps to working toward your organization goals and what actions you can quickly take that make getting started so much easier. Here are two of the biggest tips we give to people who are really overwhelmed. Step three, start in the corner. Now we begin the organizing work. But where do I start, Taylor? Well, dear friend, you start in a corner. The corner of the room, the corner of the cupboard, the corner of the box the corner of the whiteboard you're spilling your thoughts out onto trying to get them organized. You start in the corner. By establishing start in the corner as a rule, my team and I have made great gains on projects that are limited by hourly contracted increments. Our entire goal is to maximize the client's gain within the timeframe we have allowed, so we don't have time to dilly-dally deciding where to begin. We start in a corner. Step four, set a timer. Did I mention that when we organize for clients, we're definitely on the clock? We're legitimately racing in 30-minute increments to complete micro-projects throughout the scheduled time. So set a timer, 30 minutes to empty, declutter, and vertically organize that box of memories. Three hours to do the same process for your garage. Six hours with a friend to completely rework your child's bedroom, so help me, and closet with a uh, one-hour break in the middle for you to eat lunch, rest, and uh, feel like the world is collapsing around you. It's not. You'll be okay. Set a timer to define your time, quote, on the job, end quote, and force you to know when you're satisfied with where you ended up. In our episode from May 9th called How to Create Organized and Functional Stations Within Your Home, we walk through how to think less about the space itself and more about the function of the tools within that space and their workflow to be more organized overall. Take a listen. I would recommend starting any station by doing a mental dress rehearsal of the tasks that I complete during my time in that station. And I personally really prefer to plan backwards. I usually do this with paper and pencil or a whiteboard to get these steps firmly in order. When I bake cookies, my favorite thing to bake, I know that my end step of the process is going to be putting the cookies into a container once they've cooled. Like that is the very last step. Working back for, backward from that step. So thinking of that as the very end goal and then moving backward, I have the cookies are moved to and cool on the rack. The cookies are pulled from the oven. The cookies are scooped into the baking sheet, which is then placed into the oven. The dough is chilled. The dough is mixed, usually in my stand mixer. The wet ingredients are creamed in the stand mixer while I hand mix the dry ingredients. I line the baking sheet or sheets with parchment paper. I set out butter to soften. I pull my recipe on the iPad or from a cookbook and set it on a stand in my kitchen. I gather all of my ingredients from the fridge and the pantry, and then the very first step is I shop for all my ingredients. So you can see that there are like a lot of steps in baking cookies. And if my baking tools are not in order when I go to perform these tasks, or if I'm having to dig baking sheets out from under heavy casserole dishes when it's time to bake cookies, I will likely either not actually bake the cookies or I will likely not enjoy the process of baking said cookies. Going through your list of tasks, note the tools you need in order from beginning to end. So work backwards from your backwards this time. For my cookies, this looks like I need ingredients. I need a cookbook or iPad stand. I need baking sheets, parchment paper, my stand mixer, mixing bowl and spoon or spatula, space in the fridge to chill the dough, uh, my oven, (laughs) trivets or stove space to place hot baking dishes, cooling racks, and containers for storing the cookies. Now that I can see all of my tools in order from beginning to end, I can think through how I want to create a flow of those items in my kitchen. It's easy for me to grab a spoon or spatula from the crock beside the oven, so I don't need to adjust where I keep those but it might mean keeping the mixer and my cookbook on opposite sides of the sink so that I don't get splatters on the book. It might mean setting up the cooling racks in a spot other than the bar since the dogs can reach there. But when I see all of the tools I need to use, I can think clearly through how they are used. I also really like to organize stations as much as possible from left to right, meaning that the leftmost space is used for the first task when possible. My kitchen is oriented in a way that makes this pretty convenient, so I have my stand mixer on the left of my sink and a cabinet underneath, and I just pull it up whenever I need it. My cookbook stand is to the right, my baking sheets and cooling racks are all stored vertically near the oven, and my parchment paper is nearby. I even have a spot by the fridge to soften butter in a dish. I know these are all tasks that need their homes, so when I go into baking mode, I've aligned my kitchen to transform easily into a big baking station. Likewise, it's a lot easier to put items away when their order of operations is considered and their storage spaces are near where you perform the task in a typical baking session. From January 5th, these three categories can help you conquer mail clutter for good. I provide you with the only three categories of mail you ever need to consider. And if you really wanna navigate your paper efficiently, these categories align perfectly with maintaining the pile to file system, which you can find in our ebook and it's linked in the show notes. Here they are. After years of struggling with major mail purge systems, I finally realized that mail falls into three categories. That's it. It's simple. Three categories is totally manageable. And so I started actually managing it. Mail category number one, items to dispose of. Unless you're an extreme couponer, those multi-page ads that come weekly can go straight into the bin. Credit card offers, straight to the bin. You are better off financially doing your own research and applications. Whether you shred items to dispose of, recycle them, or trash them, if you don't have a purpose for them to be kept, do not put it down in your home. Take it straight to the bin and dispose of it that was items to dispose of, number one. Category number two are action items. Action items are the ones that typically stress us out, right? We see a bill that needs to be paid or an invitation that needs to be replied to, and then we have to remember to actually do it. So start by taking all of these papers out of their envelopes and disposing of the envelopes. One caveat, unless it has a return address that you need to update in your records. If that's the case, I still want you to take the paper out but put that envelope in your action pile along with the flattened, unfolded other paperwork like bills and invitations. The next step with the action pile is to quickly sort it by urgency. The most urgent actions go on the top. Think bills that have consequences if you forget to pay them. And the least urgent actions go on the bottom, like that address that you need to update. Probably isn't going to have major consequences if you don't do it immediately. Put the organized pile next to your computer or in the place where you will take action on these items and work on the most urgent items, so start at the top, every day until the pile is gone. Mail category number three, items to file. Did you recently get your car title mailed to you? And you see something like, please put with your records plastered across the top of the cover page. You need to keep this paper. You also need to keep updated insurance policies, medical records, legal documents, or school records in some sort of filing system. Does that mean that you're going to file everything as soon as it comes in? Maybe. Likely not. My files are locked in a fireproof safe, so I tend to file all of my documents that need filing weekly because I have to, like, find the keys. (laughs) They come in, I take them out of the envelope, unfold them, and put them flattened in my to file pile. For me, this pile lives next to my printer in an orderly fashion until my weekly filing session while watching an episode of like work and Moms on Netflix. Fun fact, even though this pile looks like it's overwhelming, it never takes me more than five minutes once I sit down and just do it. If you don't have a filing system yet, just start with making the pile. If you do, go one step further and put these papers at least weekly, into your system to keep them safe for when you do need them. Finally, in our episode from June 13th called the cyclical impact of major life changes on being organized, we talk about the cyclical impact of major major life changes and being organized and how uh, they actually do have an effect on each other and a few actionable steps that you can take to manage overwhelm in those major life moments. This is my favorite actionable step to date and what I anchor in as a literal mantra during busy seasons of life. I heard this tip on the Sorta Awesome podcast with Meg Teets a few years ago, and it has been life-changing for me. When we're in a season of overwhelm, letting everything go except dinner, dishes, and dirty laundry is okay. I want to flip that and encourage you to pick one of these fundamental chores that you hate doing and determine if you can streamline your system and organize it 1% better. Perhaps that means organizing your pantry by food group, putting your laundry products in the order that you use them, or setting busing bins in each of the kids' rooms for them to empty any dirty dishes from around the house after dinner into the sink. Don't try and fix the whole thing just make one part of your organizing system within that category a little better. Friends, I hope these tips have been helpful for you. If you only take one of these nuggets of organizing wisdom and apply it to your home today, can you make your space just a tiny bit more functional for you? I would love to hear which tips resonate most with you and work best in your home. Let me know by sending me an email at hello at services.com. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening. You can find show notes on our blog at organizationservices.com and learn more about how I'd love to help you achieve your organizational goals.